I like to talk about Miramichi. I like to talk about sports. It's in my wheelhouse. We have hosted major midget Atlantics and then had our team ripped away from us thanks to Hockey New Brunswick. That still pisses me off. What I love about it is that you remember it one way, I remember it another, but we'll both remember it as The Run. Hey there, it's Patty and welcome to The Run. On this week's podcast, I am joined by Josh McCormick. Former captain of the Miramichi Timberwolves churned on ice official or referee. Call it what you want. We have a widespread conversation about the Maritime Hockey League, the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League, and university-level hockey. Plus, we dive into an unfortunate accident that Josh had in the summer of 2018. The Run is an Iron House Productions presentation. And I hope you enjoy this podcast with Josh McCormick. All right, here we are. Josh McCormick joins me. Josh, uh, thanks for stopping by. Hey, Patty. Thanks for having me. All right, so let's get some background here. We have lots to talk about through the course of this podcast. We'll dive into officiating, hockey, and all points in between. Life in general, if you want to travel down that road with me. <laughs> so let's uh, talk about your current role as an on-ice official. And more importantly, to go backwards, when you made that transition from player to official. Oh, player to official. Well, I started when I was 12, 12, 13, just kind of dipping my toes in the water, if you will. And then uh, I really took it serious when I quit playing hockey at the age of 20 and uh, jumped into it with a head of steam and I really enjoyed it. And uh, that kind of brings me up to the day and age now. So I guess serious, I'm in, I'm in about nine, 10 years of uh, doing it seriously and uh, as a pastime, sometimes as a full-time job. And uh, I love it. Those around Miramichi, New Brunswick, and the rest of Atlantic Canada would recognize your face breezing by in CIS games, largely Quebec Major Junior Hockey League games, and of course, uh, Maritime Hockey League as well. Uh, and I'm curious as to about those levels of hockey and the step and the jump between it, both for players and on-ice officials, but we'll get to that in uh, just a few minutes. So at the age of 20, you decide, all right, the ship has sailed on a hockey career, Yep. and you're okay with that. Yeah, I actually I had an offer to go play in the States. It wasn't anything serious, like a D2 school. Um, so this is after your time with the Timberwolves? This is after my time with the Timberwolves. Wow. And uh, McGuigan had kind of hinted around at, at a coaching thing with him maybe. and then. Uh, but my passion and love was in, in the refereeing world. I'm going to jump in there. Billy McGuigan, former head coach and general manager of the Miramichi Timberwolves, now Summerside Capitals. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So that's where my love was. And I, and I knew I had a passion for it. And I I didn't know what was out there, but I had some people barking down my tree that uh, it was time to kind of make the switch and I could make some things happen. And, uh, you know, I have uh, haven't accomplished all my goals yet, but I've definitely stepped in that direction. By not going down to the United States in a Division II school, uh, you've given up the chance uh, at an education. Uh, did mom and dad go, what in hell's wrong with you? <laughs> no. <laughs> No, well, it, it's taken me a little while. I actually, I'm going to graduate in May. I've been uh, taking night school down there in Moncton every Tuesday for two years. So I'm eventually going to get that education. But uh, no, you know what? My parents, just like anyone else, uh, they're the most supportive mm-hmm. two people in my in my life. And uh, they've been to every hockey game. They still come and watch me ref. Well, mom, she might jaunt off to Walmart if the game gets a little crazy because yeah. she's a little more feistier than dad in the stands. But uh, that's just the teacher in her. You know, I, I love both of them and uh, they've supported me and my God, the amount of money and time and, and passion that they've put into my career uh, first playing and, and now refing is just uh, phenomenal. So let's uh, get to the on ice uh, aspect of it and let's let's climb the tree here, so to speak. So we'll start with Maritime Hockey League, which is the highest level of junior A hockey here in uh, Atlantic Canada. Uh, before you make that step 
towards Quebec Major Junior Hockey League if you're lucky enough to do so, or on the other way, making that step out of uh, major midget or prep school hockey. But it's uh, it's good hockey. You were, of course, a, a former player, Miramichi Timberwolves. It's a good product. But as far as being an on-ice official, I would say comparatively to CIS and Quebec Major Junior Hockey League, I'm going to take a shot in the dark here, Josh, because I do have an on, uh, not an on-ice role. I do have an in-game role, as you well know. I would say you hear more shit after the whistles in the Maritime Hockey League versus the other two. Is that fair? Uh <laughs> Yeah, uh, the league has kind of cracked down on oh, it. Oh, yes, absolutely. Yeah, uh, but, uh, you know, a lot of guys, when they reach the Maritime League, they're nowadays are kind of on their way out of hockey or mm-hmm. looking for a university to, scholarship of some sort. So a lot of the guys have played in the queue. It hasn't worked out for them, so here they are. And uh, they're just trying to, you know, put in their time and look for that extra chance or second chance. So... It can get feisty, you know, uh, when you're hitting the road a lot and, and now the league's spread out so much. So if you're on a three-game swing in through the Maritimes and you get that ha- team from Halifax Sunday in Miramichi, well, they've been on the road now for, you know, 80 yeah. hours and they're kind of ticked off and away we go. So it's uh, the league is small enough that there's still that animosity. And, you know, when you get Miramichi Summerside or something like that, it's something special. But any given night you can have it go overboard and – at that time, your pool is kind of diluted down to the guys that are playing junior A. So you've probably played midget AAA, Bantam AAA mm-hmm. with these guys. So there's always that animosity. It, it's a great product. It is a great product. It's uh, you know second to none for local product around the Maritimes. And uh, you know, well, you just seen uh, McEwen. He played two yeah. years in uh, Amherst, and he just skated last night with the uh, Vancouver Canucks. So I mean. Uh, the product's there. The players are there. It just needs a little bit more exposure. And, you know, all fairness to the league, it's it's really third tier, you know, for, for local. Once you go through CIS and the queue, you're dipping into the pool a bit too. Right, but uh, I, I will make the case that as far as the league is concerned, comparative to what you're just saying, it, it's in the right markets where it's far enough away yeah. uh, from most. And and the, the proof should be in the pudding. Halifax hasn't survived uh, in a couple of years, because you have, uh, of course, two universities in the Almighty Mooseheads or uh, Dieppe and Moncton. That was up and down, as you well know. And now they're gone because you can't compete with the Wildcats and the Aigle Bleu. So it seems to be in the uh, in, in the right communities. Although, and I was nerding out on this the other night, uh, we came into the league. Uh, we'll be 20 years old uh, next year. Oh, the really? N- the number of teams that have come and gone or went by the waysides and we came into this league is unbelievable. And if I went down the list, don't ask me to do it because I'll forget a few. <laughs> uh, but re- real quickly, Charlottetown is no more. Yeah. Aniganish. There was five different franchises in Metro Halifax in our time, and we're less than 20 years old. Woodstock is gone. Uh, Dieppe is gone. Moncton is gone. Like, when you really break it down, it's it's unbelievable. So really, you know, that's a big uh, tap on the hat for the boys in here in Miramichi to stick around for 20 years. That's awesome. I think Woodstock, too. Woodstock is another one. I don't know if I just said that, but uh, Woodstock, absolutely. It, yeah, you did. Yeah, I was it, actually drafted by Woodstock. Were you really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. frig off. I know. <laughs> did you go to training camp over there? I did, yeah. Oh. When, I, when I came back from the queue, I went to training camp, and that's the year they had Bowers and all those boys, and they took home the title. And, uh, Is that the time we traded uh, uh, Savoy and Lafreniere to them? Yeah, well, wow. I came back the other way. You had a sh- <laughs> surprise. You were, you were the return gift. I was the Wicked. return. Yeah, I don't know if you guys won that one, but uh, hey, that's part of the business. <laughs> Maritime Hockey League. The fans are on you because I hear them. Yeah. Do you hear them? Oh, yeah. Do you really? Yeah, I love the passion. That's what we're going to call it, it. Okay, so look at it. We're both from here, born and bred. 
Is Miramichi a favorite stop as far as that goes? You know, I get the question all the time. It must be crazy to referee in front of 10,000 people. It's actually easy because you don't know anyone and the noise just becomes noise. So you'll take a Thursday in Halifax and just chalk it up to, yeah, there's a big crowd, but you don't hear anything. Oh, yeah. Easy. It's Saturday, really? man. A Saturday night here. You got the boys up there just roaring and heckling and everyone, like, they know who you are. You know yeah. what I mean? And, and you know them. And I know them. And I've done a handful of uh, Miramichi games over the years and been through lots. I mean, you do enough games, stuff's going to happen and stuff has happened and there's a history there and it's you know it comes with refereeing that's part of it foolish question not to put you on the spot and i don't need the exact quote but credit where credit is due say you come over my way and you're calling a penalty two minutes for high sticking cross checking whatever your call is have you ever had that moment where you heard a real good heckler chirp and you kind of got to go man that was all right you know and give him a give him or her a little nod of acknowledgement yeah <laughs> yeah i won't get into specific i know but there are some good there's ones a, there's some definitely good ones you know what i mean it's uh hey it's part of the game they're part of the game if if the fans weren't there we wouldn't have the game and right. you would have no excitement no fun the last thing you want to go into is a barn that has no juice or no environment you know so so when you step into a rink like Miramichi it's known across the referee world as being tough you got to be on your game and uh, you know I appreciate that for it because I've grown as an individual and as an official on the ice because of it you know what here we are uh, having a little mild chuckle about it let's put our serious caps on here right now all things fair and equal it's a real bone of contention for me so if I go off a little bit here I'll apologize in advance and then you can go off as well but I read a rather scathing, uh, I believe it was on Twitter, Josh, a a mother of a young official in Nova Scotia whose uh, son or daughter, I kind of forget just which, uh, was doing a game at a a pretty pretty high-profile local tournament. And then she, of course, is there to support her son or daughter, and she hears the heckles. And I'll tell you what, it bothers me on a pile of levels that... Well, again, parents, I don't know if you need to be that involved in your sons and daughters' hockey games. and No one needs to win a game that much. And the other thing is, is man, oh man, what a shame if the next generation of people who want to officiate games, and I'm not limiting this to hockey, this could be umpires, basketball, whatever, if the fact that a young guy or gal, and let's call him Josh McCormick back in the day, because like you had a moment or two where you're like, do I want to do this? The fact that adults impose that will upon a young guy or gal to make that decision whether he or she is going to go forward is is an awful shame. It is. It's, uh, you know, the the Hockey Canada, even on a broader stroke than just individual ranks, struggle with it every year. The turnover rate, something like 35 to 40 percent for new officials don't come back the following season. Is that so? Yeah, it's it's so it's drastically high that it, you know, when you look at the just a spot like Renews up there, when I was coming through, we would have 20 officials. Uh, I put on a clinic. uh two years ago with uh, the late Scotty McKay and Mm -hmm. there was only two guys that showed up. You know, you got these little communities where you go in, you ref, you know, Bobby's little game and then you go to the Irving and you got Bobby's mom and dad. Giving it to you. Yeah, giving it to you or over the boards or giving it to you and, you know, you're skating out there for 20 bucks, these guys. Like, you you can go to the Irving (laughs) stress-free, you'd scan a bag of chips for 20 bucks, you know, so it's... It's really, uh, it's a hard sell. Uh, it's getting tougher. And the parents, it's just, they invest so much now, time, energy, money, and the pressure on these kids to perform is just outrageous. Two-fold question. Are we doing a bad job of uh, getting the next generation involved? And conversely, if you do get a call from a 12-year-old guy or gal who says, hey, Mr. McCormick, I'd like to pursue uh, being a referee, do you get 
like do you get right into action and go okay we got to get him or her on the ice oh yeah now yeah yeah you get her going because uh every every zone in the in the country is struggling for referees especially at their minor hockey league level it's easy to get up for a junior a game midget triple a game like you're going but when you're in the trenches man going out on a weekend for five or six games and you're making a hundred bucks and getting roared at like all all weekend it's uh Man, it's a tough go. I don't miss those days at all. And let's call it what it is. The the, the juniors, we'll call them, starting out. They're going to get the 7 a.m. LBA games. Every time. All Every the time. time, yeah. There's no way you're going to that one. So, <laughs> no. you know, and, yeah. and that's fair. And that's You've, you've yeah. earned that. Yeah, exactly. You've put in my time or whatever. And, uh, you know, with my injury, I've actually got back into the ranks and, uh, and been supervising a bit. So I see the craziness that goes on there. And it's disheartening. It really is. It's just, uh, you know, why can't we just let the kids have fun? I don't know how closely uh, connected to the uh, local baseball community you are, uh, whether you uh, take in a game here and there by time. But uh, umpires, same thing. I've heard uh, fairly recently that a couple of umpires are within the last two or three years of their careers. And as a Thursday night nerd at Ironman Field, you just kind of go, holy shit. Like, you just can't imagine that they're not there because they've been there for 20 years. And the reason they've been there for 20 years is because no one's come behind them or they did come behind them and now they're gone. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, like, I'm telling you, if they decide they're going to retire, we're in trouble. Yeah, yeah. No, no, exactly. It, it's uh, You take away a couple of key guys and, uh, you know, you're hurting. <laughs> it doesn't take long. And today and age with uh, technology, like, everything you do is scrutinized, even in a peewee house league game. You know what I mean? If you lose control or if the players go crazy, there it is. Boom on Facebook, well, Instagram, and away you go. There I was you just going to say, we have two of the culprits in front of us here and that's our phones. Yep. Uh, the second uh, that something breaks out or you lose control of, it's for the world to see now. Yep. Yeah, exactly. And away it goes. You know, just look at St. of Acadia. You know, 20 years ago, that's an isolated incident, but now it's hit the airwaves and, uh, you know, it is what it is, but it's gone off the, off the chains there a bit i had this uh, conversation with uh, jerry green 1995 how old are you uh <laughs> five eight okay i'm working at uh rock 103 c103 in moncton and again back in 1995 uh, josh were on the cusp you can't get your brain around it but we're on the cusp of the internet uh where you got your information with radio and papers and especially on a sporting event uh, radio was more immediate because there was someone at the station and in this case it was me yep and i can remember working there and it was the the famous game that ken dryden got involved with where upei and u to m all hell broke loose on the island and at the time there was an old wire and say the score is five three four two i kind of forget and i remember kodiak rcp the boys that were on the road that were listening to the radio were calling every now and again going let's score the hockey game it's two one let's score the hockey game it's four two but the point i'm trying to make is final score let's say it's five three I tell the boys I never hear from them again because they don't care anymore because they know the score of their game. Yeah. The next morning, I opened the Moncton Times and World War Three broke out. Yeah, that was a bad one. You know, like it was a bad one. Yeah. And it got real violent and yeah. it got real personal. Yeah. And there was inquiries or inquiries, however you say. But at the time, just again, making the point of how slow information traveled then, I had no idea. No, exactly. And I'm reading the paper the next day going, holy shit, why didn't anyone <laughs> tell me this? You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. But now... That happens at the Civic Center on a Saturday night. Oh, it's instant. Some people would, people that aren't at the arena would know before the canteen people would know. Yeah. You yeah, know what I mean? Exactly. I know in the queue, like, it's instantaneous. Uh, it's, if we get a major, we call it in. As soon as we call it in, they already have looked at the video. So everything you do is just, it's Is that so? That quick? Yeah, it's that quick, man. Wow. The video guys, as soon as uh, we call a major or a goal that we go upstairs, boom, it's sent. They, wow. cl- they clip it and they send it. So are you, nerdy question, Yeah. 
Are you only uh, responsible for goals? Because they're watching the, the, the assist that quick? Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah. No. So you just skate by and go 24 at the goal. Yeah. And then it's, it's Patty easy. upstairs go, that was from 17 and 12. Yeah, my favorite number is 11 because I get to do this with the old fingers. <laughs> 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 kind of the old gunslinger. But All uh, right, so we're, we just touched on Quebec. Uh, so let's uh, talk about the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League. And, uh, you know, as a fan watching the game, and no disrespect to anyone, it's a huge step from Maritime to Quebec Major Junior Hockey League. For sure. I can only imagine what it's like at ice level. Yeah, no, for sure. It's uh, Well, at, at that point, that's when you realize the game is a business. You know, it's definitely a business here in the Junior A League, but the money and the budget that these teams are operating with and the pressure that they're all under, you know, these guys have full-time coaches, assistant coaches, GMs. Trainers. Training staff, mm-hmm. equipment guys. These guys are, this is their job. This is their life, and that's what they live for, so... You know, it's uh, it's that extra pressure. It's it's very professional. Uh, like I said, you're scrutinized for every call that you make or don't make. So, the, out of the three leagues, that's the most pressure packed one to be on the ice for because you got to be on your game every night. Wednesday night, and I was just in Cape Breton on Wednesday night, and you can't take it off because it's there. like the video's there. It's uh, you're being watched. So, how do you how do you handle that mentally in the sense that let's assume it's a game in Bathurst. I mean, you're working all day, uh, and then skedaddling up the highway. How do you how do you check that at the door, and then go? Okay, now I got a tough three hours ahead of you because no matter what way, whether it's a nine one game or a two one game, based on what you're saying, yeah. it's a tough game for you. Yeah, exactly. It's uh, I've come to treat it like a switch. Uh, I kind of can flick it on and flick it off. I go from you know work Josh or casual Josh to referee Josh, and it kind of zones in for me about an hour before the game throw the headphones on, do a little stretch. We play a little bit of wall ball. Uh, we got great camaraderie between the guys. We actually got a belt that goes around the league, a uh, wall ball champ. It got a little spinner on it, WWE style. So it's beautiful. Pretty, yeah, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. So, you know, that's uh, we're very much a brotherhood. There's only 30 of us in the Maritimes that ref in the Q League. So, you know, we when someone has a kid, we're, we're there for them. When there's a death in the family, we're there for them. We're very much a brotherhood. So it's... Uh, you know, you, you you build off the guys and, and you come around and everyone gets in their own little routine. I mean, obviously some games are harder to get up for than others. That's just the nature of the beast. But your job is to be prepared for each and every one of them. I'm just doing some math here. You're telling me there's only 30, uh, not only, but there's 30 Quebec major junior hockey league certified referees out east here? Yes. Help me out here. There's three in New Brunswick, Moncton, Bathurst, St. John, Cape Breton, Halifax, and Prince Edward Island. Yep. One, two, three, four, five, six teams who are playing 68 games. So they're doing 34 of those at home. Holy shit, that's a lot of oh, hockey. Yeah, we're moving, man. And do the Quebec guys dive in here and relieve you by time? No. Or, or uh, conversely, do you go their way? Or? No, because they have, you know, they're probably at 70, 80 on their staff, but they got twice the games almost, you know what I mean? And twice the geography to yeah, cover. Yeah, exactly. And they're, they're moving around quite a bit. Uh, you know, a long travel for me is Cape Breton, and that's kind of a normal travel for them up there. So some guys go to Quebec City and, and reverse the boys come down here. But for the most part, she's all hands on deck. Best ring to do a game here out east? Oh, it's got to be Halifax. Really? I knew you were going to say that. I love it. I love Because of the crowd or the facility? The crowd, facility, like... I love the atmosphere and it's a great city too. It's a great city. They're, sure. they're into it. The production value, like uh, when you're on the ice, you just, you know, just little things and, and to, to just to keep you in the game and, and keep the fans in the game, you know what I mean? They, they do a great job down there. There's a radio guy that does their, 
uh, Mike stuff like in between plays. Ian uh, Robinson. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. He can be on our case a little bit, but, uh, <laughs> but you know, that's the fun in it. And, and I mean, I love the city. Halifax is a great city. And uh, we normally, if we're there on a Friday night, she's an overnighter. So that's always fun. By that same token, night and day between Avenir Center and Moncton Coliseum. Night and day. I mean, the Moncton Coliseum, I have nothing but great memories there, but she yeah. was she was well past her lifespan. Yeah, it, it you know, I had put in a lot of good times for the city and a great memories, but the Avenir Center is a beautiful facility. Uh, you know, they're, they're getting their kinks out just like any new facility oh, yeah. would, but the, our, the, our dressing room was amazing. It's a basketball team's dressing room. Well, it's funny you say that at that level too, and when you're saying you're playing wall ball, there's, there's more real estate and obviously better facilities, but uh, even the arenas are next level too next level yeah you know even uh even when you compare the arenas in the maritimes compared to quebec like overall we have much better facilities in the maritimes than we do in the quebec in the, on the quebec side of things i've said this a hundred times the quebec major junior hockey league dies a certain death in the mid to late 90s if they hadn't expanded east yep i mean look at the look look what's happened championships aside don't get me going but look what's happened as far as arenas bathurst I mean, it's small, but it's still a dandy. Oh, it's got some character. Absolutely. Uh, Moncton has a new one. Halifax got retrofitted. St. John has a wonderful facility, as you well know. Yeah. Uh, Charlottetown, Cape Breton are both great rinks, but I would make the case in the next five to ten years, they're going to need a little redo uh, to get uh, up to snuff, especially as, uh, you know, you want to the, the, the holy grail in this uh, business is to host the Memorial Cup at that level. Yeah, exactly. And it's not coming to Charlottetown and Cape Breton on their current arenas. No, it's... Uh but you know, Cape Breton has tons of character, man. You're down. Oh, there. I love it. And the boys are. <laughs> I was at the first ever Screaming Eagles game in 1997. Oh, really? First ever. The boys are heckling you there, and the fans have so much passion. Like, I stepped out. It was my first game in Cape Breton this year, just on Wednesday. And I skate down the corner, and I love to interact with the fans. That's just my personality, and it keeps me in the game. And, you know, I wave to kids, I whatever. I have some fun. you got to have fun out there. And I look up in the stands, and Buddy stands up, and he just jacks me the finger. And his finger got to be eight inches long Yeah, probably an for old, no reason. Probably an old minor from Glaze <laughs> yeah, Bay. 45 seconds in the game, you know what I mean? Just <laughs> jacks me the finger and gets the crowd going. It's just that's the personality that's down there. It's a blue collar we're gonna kick your ass let's get going all right how long have we been in queue uh this is my ninth season i believe all right so, so nine years of knowledge take your time and think about this if you had to pick a top five players that you've seen go for it that it was that was just a joy to watch and you knew they were going places oh man oh man that's a tough one i'm gonna throw one at you yeah if i may be so bold no I, I got to say, within the last nine years, you've seen McKinnon. Oh, yeah. Above and beyond. Above and beyond. I've never seen a young gentleman have two strides so powerful. Mm-hmm. He, uh, you know, he, he jumps over the blue line with those strides. He gone. Like, he ain't, no one's catching him. I ain't catching him. Doesn't matter if I'm at the fire blue line. You know, he's right. just uh, Thomas Shabbat, uh, his, just his vision and... Uh, the way he saw the ice and, and how he could set up the power play. And, man, his first pass was just, well, you know, you see he's doing it in the show now. He's, yeah. he's just above and beyond. Um, you know who I liked? Uh, he had a lot of passion. We had some run-ins here in Miramichi, but Trey Lewis, man, he was a leader. You know, he, he put his heart and soul on the sweater, and I was actually at the game there. They uh, He brought the Mem Cup out when the Mem Cup was doing their tour this year. And uh, the city still loves him down there. And uh, he's a trooper. It's too bad that he had to give her up there with his health issues. But uh, 
Uh, he, he was a warrior. He, he was, uh, he was uh, a heart and soul guy. Yeah. He no was, question. He was a warrior. Um, were you there nine years, uh, Josh? Seems like it's a while ago. Were you there during the Hubert O years? Yeah. Yeah. He's... Uh, can, I, can I say this? Sure. And uh, I've had this conversation, likely with Jerry Green. Hubert O was one of those unassuming guys. He, he wasn't the greatest skater. And he'd be off doing his thing, and yep. you'd, be, you'd be sitting there in the stands, and likely it was for me in Bathurst, and you'd be going, where in hell is he going? And then bang, the puck's on his tape, and he's gone. Huberto is uh, one of the trickier guys. Like, you might not notice him out there, and then right. you look at the score sheet, or next thing, mm-hmm. all you're doing is number 11s, you know what I mean? Yep. Because he's just popping points. and, and You remember uh, his number. You know what? Yeah. <laughs> well, I told you, 11s. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, and he's a class act, too. I, I was a linesman at the time, and I was on the ice – he had a tussle with a fellow linesman. The guy popped his knee out, and and anyways, it was a racket. But uh, Huberto, the next year, he was in the show, and he sent him an autograph stick and hat and ah. stuff. And they, he's a class act guy. You know what? A lot of those pro guys are are class acts. You know, if I look at the Moncton organization, I dread to say it because he's a character. But uh, Connor Garland, he had a lot of skill. Uh, he was quite the character, and I'm glad that. He went down there. From what I hear, he went down the A. He kind of got his head shook a bit, well, and he's come around. Well, let me jump in there. Now, Fan Patty yep. saw Garland a lot, and it seemed like he never shut up after a whistle went. It he, seemed like he was always on you guys. 100%. 100%, but you still got to respect the skill. Oh, oh I, yeah. I mean, how do you ignore 120 or 130 <laughs> yeah, points? Yeah, yeah, exactly. 100%, I get you, but yeah. he just seemed like a guy that would annoy the shit out of you. And he did, and he went down to the A, and, uh, you know, he thought he was king shit, and uh, that never panned out, because now you're with the big boys, you right. know what I mean? You're And you're five foot seven. And you're five foot seven, but, you know, I, I watched a game, uh, I was at, the, yeah, I was over in Fredericton at the Delta, just chilling, watching the game, and, uh, man, he drew a penalty, and then he scored on the power play. Yes. And, you know, he's having a hell of a season now up with the... Coyotes, so you know it's uh, just as much skill wise. It's you got to be mature when you when you make that step and you're ready for that step. You know, like uh, I watched T-shirt last weekend in Montreal, oh, right? And uh, you know, a lot of these guys are in Halifax. They just keep pumping out players down there. It seems I don't know what kind of scouting staff they got, but man, uh, he was talented. He was very talented. I'm gonna go right off the grid here. And uh, the Oilers signed him, and then they blew the paperwork, and no one's heard from him since. Uh, and he was only here for a half a season. I think they flipped him off to uh, the Quebec Rampart. But remember that little Russian kid, the Kachev was his last name? Some of the stuff he did on the ice was just fascinating. He had hands oh, like yes, I've yeah. never seen before. Yeah. I remember he was signed as like an 18-year-old, yeah, yeah, and yeah. the Oilers blew it because he hadn't been in Canada long enough, or there was some, yeah, there was some immigration thing or technicality. Technicality. Or and um, I, again, I'm gonna, here's another one I'm going to go off the grid on. And he turned out to be a dud in the NHL, and he's uh, toiling in relative anonymity over in... Uh, it's funny what that step is, and it's a huge step. But um, he's toiling o- over now in the KHL. But when uh, Waugh had him in Quebec, I used to love... I used to purposely go to see that Grigorenko. Remember him? Yes. He was unreal yeah. in junior. Like, unreal. He was, man. When he came down here, the, the burns would f- fill yeah. up. And he summer. tore it up. Yeah. Yeah. No, he... Uh he was very talented, and, and Patty was a pretty good coach. So Yeah, not bad. <laughs> what about Drew Ann? Is he in that conversation? Yeah, I just found Drew Ann a little overrated for, for to be with those guys. But, uh, you know, I see what he's doing now in Montreal. He was another guy with an attitude problem. You know, you see these guys. You can really judge a kid's character when they get that contract from the NHL. A lot of guys feed off it and are driven by it. 
But some guys, when they get that money in their eyes and, and they're still playing junior hockey, they're a little disappointed. So they're set back a little bit, and, and it's a tough go for them. And, uh, you know, he's he had his struggles in Tampa Bay, but now that he's over, he actually scored the uh, overtime winner against yeah. your beloved Oilers there up in Montreal, and that was a dandy goal. Went end to end. Yeah, end to end. And, uh, man, it was, uh, you know – Every, all those guys have their struggles, ups and downs. It's how you overcome it. I'm sitting home throwing my uh, remote off the back of the couch, and you're sitting there watching the goal, so freak off for that. <laughs> I didn't cheer. <laughs> Good to hear. <laughs> Big jump, though, uh, from Quebec Major Junior Hockey League, or Maritime to Quebec. It's massive. Yes. Massive. It is. It's massive. And yeah. then conversely so, I don't know if we have time to dissect all this, CIS is unbelievable caliber hockey. A real hidden gem. Unless you're in a university town, we really have no connection to it. Yeah. But if you ever happen to be in a university town, grab the local paper, flick on the local radio, see if there's a game in town. It's a different beast altogether. Yeah. By and large, uh, most of these players are coming back down to reality and pursuing their education, which is a wonderful opportunity for them. Um, but man, oh man, that is fast hockey. I can only imagine you doing a game. I'm trying to think. It's been a while since I've been down Halifax Way, uh, Josh. I have no uh, St. Mary's play at the Forum. St. Mary's does, yeah. And then Dal plays on the campus. Yeah, Dal just built a new rink. All right, so then, then we have the Aiken Center. Um, U to M. UPEI has a nice rink. That's where I was going, U to M. Now, to me, that Levesque with a CIS game, and let's say it's game two of a playoff series with Munkin and UMB, that's happening as far as Josh McCormick, the on-ice official, is concerned oh, at man. a blistering pace. It is moving. Yes. It's uh, when I came back from my... Uh, injury and I stepped on to the, my first university game and I was like, holy, yeah. time to get these old uh, legs moving because it's just, it's not a big jump uh, skill-wise and stuff because you are you got XQ guys and dub guys or right. whatever, but the the speed, these guys are men now, like they're moving men. Right, and they're, they're more physically mature. Yeah. Um, I remember a few years ago, I got asked to do the microphone uh, St. Thomas was over here with uh, St. of X in a preseason game at the LBA. I don't know if you did that one. I um, did. That was my first ever. Uh, really? I was on the lines, well, yeah. Look at me bringing that up. I just remember sitting there in the booth, and I, I likely it was with Timmy Sutton. And I just remember Timmy and I just like this, and I realize where uh, no one can see us, but I, my head was on a swivel. Yeah. He just couldn't believe, and it's, it's preseason, but it, look, at it, it's a product of a lot of things. Of course, you want to win a game. You want to compete. Preseason, it was like 8-1 with a little bit of a shit show there, too. Yes, it was. Yeah. Good memory. Um, but again, the, the point I'm saying, uh, the, the bigger point, it wasn't game four of a series. This is preseason. Yeah, yeah. This is like early September, maybe. Yeah. Um, but it was just blistering. It was unbelievable how quick that game was. And I think, you know what, it's a good quality hockey, A, but of course, uh, she's pretty cozy at the LBA, too. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, I say it's the best bang for your buck, honestly, uh, ticket-wise as a fan. Man, if you're if you got to go overnight in Moncton for a night and they're playing, please spend the seven bucks, get to the rank, and go watch that game because it is good, talented hockey. All right, so take your officiating uh, off uh, the table right now. So if you're overnighting in Moncton, let's say you're on a little getaway, little shopping trip, as we like to yeah. say around here, and you had say ten dollars, your last ten dollars, and you had your choice between Wildcats, Mooseheads, U to M, U and B. You're taking U to M. Ooh. 
as a pure hockey fan, pure I'm, hockey fan, pure hockey fan, I'm taking you to M all day. I agree because I can still afford a hot dog. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm taking you to M U P or U M B all day. You've been paid to get into a rink in 15 <laughs> years. Yeah, that's been. I don't know if I ever have, but yeah, it's been a while. <laughs> all right, so listen. Uh, hockey players have favorite hockey players, and baseball players have favorite baseball players. This is a totally nerdy question, but do you uh, do you have a favorite referee or Maybe a more sensible way to ask that question would be, do you, if you and I were shoulder to shoulder at a UMB game right now, or say an Edmonton Oilers, Montreal Canadiens game, are you, you're, you're keeping an eye on the officials? Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. That's where you learn, man. And you, you, you don't appreciate the, the aspect of the job. I don't think until you dive into it, just like anything, you know what I mean? I, a lot of people think it's easy just to throw on a whistle and get out there and call the game. Well, it's right. all a penalty. He tripped, it's a penalty. Well, if we call the game like that, they'd be five hours long and we'd never get out of there. But, uh, man, I, when I go to the NHL games, that's what I love. I love watching them do their thing. So what are you looking at? Are you looking at the way they're pivoting, the way they're positioning, the way they're on the boards? Uh... Yeah, they're just so show. You know what I mean? Like uh, my buddy that just got hired to the NHL, Jesse Marquis from Bucktoosh. Right. When he, when he was in the queue, you just looked at him and you know he's pro. You know what I mean? When you look at McKinnon, he's pro. When you look at Shabbat, pro. You look at the same as referees, you look at the guy, pro. So they work hard. They work their butts off. And I just love their style. You know, uh, Wes, Wes McCauley, I think everyone kind of knows who he is and uh, right. what he does. Uh, he's just his confidence level and and then stuff on the ice, it's just amazing to see. And, and when you're in the gig, you really appreciate it. Let's assume you're at that Edmonton Oilers-Montreal Canadiens game. And let's say the flu has ravaged the referee room. <laughs> I mean, pace aside. Yeah. You think you can handle uh, the game right now? If they said, McCormick, we need you. Oh, you got I it. mean, you're doing it. Oh, yeah. I understand that. I'd never talk to you again if you, did, if yeah, you said yeah. no. Don't, don't even make that phone call. Hey, I had a shot, but I said no. But... You think you're ready? You know what? As a referee, you got to be in the mindset that you got to say yes. Of course, you're ready. You sure know, you are. It's uh, you got to have the confidence to get out there. I mean, man, oh man, the beer would taste good after that one. Oh, but uh, <laughs> absolutely. But hell, you know, I try. I try my best. So let's uh, talk about the trajectory of the on ice official slash uh, referee. I always struggle with it. Are you okay with referee? I feel like a referee is not a good enough term anymore. I feel like I have to go with on ice official. Oh, no referee. And can I short Stripes. form? Can, Stripes. Can I short form to ref? You can short form to ref. Just All don't right. call me a linesman. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So best I can recall, you've uh, you know we've already talked about Maritime Hockey League, Quebec Major Junior Hockey League, CIS. Um, I know you've done uh, a couple of games in those uh, Super Series. Yes. Yeah. Um, World Junior A Challenge. Yeah. As they call it. Um, and they're all feathers in your cap and uh, likely some other Hockey Canada sanctioned events. Uh, certainly, um, I'm sure you were there uh, during the uh, uh, major midget uh, Atlantics we had here, which went on to the uh, TELUS Cup, as they call it. Anyways, all well, the, the point I'm making is all stepping stones. So twofold, it, it, it's to the next level. But what's the next step uh, as far as you uh, have you done nationals at UMB when they've hosted? Yeah, I did the CIS okay. last year. I That's was right, lucky I enough. that. To get selected to that, I uh, worked. And, and uh, when you say selected, you you literally earn your way in on those. You earn your way in, yeah. Right. You, uh, it's a big selection process. Uh, they take referees from all over the country and uh, narrow it down to four. So, I was lucky enough to be a part of that. Uh, I worked the Allen Cup in Bucktoosh, which was a 
excellent event. Bucktoosh put on a fantastic show. Uh, they did a they did a great job as an organization and uh, a committee to put that on. But see now, let me jump in there. So now, a lot of folks uh, of a certain generation, when they hear Alan Cup, their juices get flowing because it uh, harkens back to the old senior days. Yep. But is it still? Uh, and shame on me, I haven't been. To, I, never, I wasn't down to a game. But is it still good hockey? Oh, that was really good hockey. Really? You know, my friend and I, we both worked the same tournament. Um, both tournaments, we've worked a couple. And when you say friend, you mean Hicks on Hicksy, this one? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. for God's sake! <laughs> yeah. We got to get him a plug. You know, he'll never yeah. talk to us well, again. Well, that's the only way we get him to listen if yeah. we talk about him. You All know right. What I mean, but uh, Hicks, we're waving at you. <laughs> he, uh, we've we've worked a lot. We've done the junior A's together. We've done the uh, CIS together, the Allen Cup, and we were having a discussion the other day. You know, he thought that the Allen Cup was kind of better hockey than the CIS and I was the other way on it so you know what I mean there's two guys that were on the ice splitting hairs right there so can I borrow your wallet there no problem buddy and let's pretend this is a puck here's my Hicks impersonation here and you've seen this he comes over and does that before every period yeah the- he flips the puck he gives her one of those and it's a pizza pie we call it he double he double taps the boards and then skates away you know, Every time. <laughs> I don't know if he does it to drive us nuts or if it's just his ritual in his oh, brain. it's his ritual, man. Yeah. And we're coming into playoff time. He got some crazy old rituals. Like, uh, Is he like a beard grower and all that? He, uh, no, he can't grow beards. And he definitely can't grow a beard. You but can't grow beards? We're not allowed, no. Jesus Christ. Is George Steinbrenner the <laughs> the head official or what? <laughs> yeah. Well, we're getting paid you have, bucks. You literally, seriously, you have to shave to be in the Quebec oh. Major Junior Hockey League? Well, yeah. No, we can't have a beard. Really? Man, it's clean cut. It's professional. I understand that. Have you ever seen me ref? Have you ever seen some of those players when they're on game 14 of a 16-win championship run? Yeah, that's true. But, you know, they can rock beards. Wow. I just didn't realize in the year 2019 that it was that legislated. I'm sorry. uh, You're looking at me like I'm crazy for... Well, I am a little bit. Yeah, sorry. But uh, the best thing about being injured, if I can take a positive away from it, was I got to grow a beard because I love growing beards. (laughs) I'm from Blackfoot, man. You got to rock. Like, I know I will dress up a bit, but you got to still rock home hometown beards. So let's assume, and I, I look at, I got to pursue this because this is news to me. Um, let's assume you got a little growth on the old chin and the cheeks. It's likely that someone will join you in St. John tonight and McCormick before you put those skates on. Oh, yeah. Get into that bathroom and shave that off. Oh, yeah. Have, have you been on the receiving end of that or have you seen that in action before? No, because it's just like everyone knows. Like I'll go, I can't shave every day just because it drives me nuts. But uh, <laughs> every two days, that's where I'm at. Yeah, I got a Phillips there, uh, one blade or whatever. You have to try those? No. So they're unreal. Getting a little plug in there for Phillips. Yeah, yeah exactly. All right. <laughs> a little sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> really? So you can't grow a beard in the Quebec Major Junior Hockey No, night. like you got to have wow. well, black pants. Uh, you know, you got to have... Uh, shirt and tie. Shirt and tie, white laces. Uh, you're there, what, two hours for a game? Assuming uh, you're not running in from all points? Regular season, it's about an hour and a bit. Uh, playoffs is an hour and a half. So that's kind of where we're at. Like, uh, they, they give you a catered? Are you eating there too? They, no. they Really? In the, you don't get an apple or a Gatorade in the intermission? There's no Yeah, in the queue, we have a set standard. Every rink upholds okay. uh, water, Gatorade, all that stuff. I apologize if I'm betraying a trust. No problem. And I got to work with these guys and gals. I always get... Shock is not the right word, but I always take great humor, let's say, in the crews that do the Miramichi Timberwolves games who get in on the 50-50. Oh, yeah. I love it. Oh, yeah. It's unbelievable. Like, they'll be skating by and go, Quinn, listen, intermission, send the guy down there. We're going to get our 50-50 tickets. We're like, huge 50-50 players, man. Really? Has, okay, have you ever won? I've won as 
uh, an off-ice guy. I went to an NHL thing in uh, Quebec. What do you mean, a thing? Like a combine? Or? Like a combine, okay. yeah. And uh, we, did, uh, we did some Q games, and I was an off-ice official. Uh, watching my other brother and on the ice and uh, we were in on it and we won a we won a grand because in Quebec so listen. it's not 50 50 in Quebec it's chance to win a thousand oh I thought you were gonna say Saint Call Saint Call <laughs> so listen mushy mushy what okay let's paint a picture because here now our worlds are colliding Jesus I'm glad I asked this question so let's say you and uh, throw a name at me you and Jeff Silliker um, Hicks and Jean-Marc Savoie are doing a Timberwolves game this Saturday night yep I pull the 50 50 and gosh darn it it's yours yep wouldn't it be odd that I say, hey, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for your continued support of the Miramichi Timberwolves. Tonight's 50-50 winner of $550 is Josh McCormick. Yeah, but a good off-ice official like you because we're into it at this point. So right? you're, you know you're, I mean? you're going to phantom we're name me? We're both officials now at this point. So you're phantom naming me. Yeah, yeah. We use, uh, oh, he's not coming to my mind right now, the guy off Slapshot, the coach off Slapshot. Reggie Dunlop. Yep, that's the guy. <laughs> You so I, you would make me say that? So I got to hang Reggie Dunlop and then wait for 700 people to go, who? Reggie Dunlop from the Grey Rabbits. That's who just won. <laughs> I can't believe that. So do you, now listen, when you go, and if I overstep the boundaries here, we, we're not allowed to grow a beard, so God knows. Uh, Halifax with 10,000 people or Quebec City. Are you getting into that? Can you get into those? Or oh, yeah. is, are you allowed to gamble when you're in the queue? We're in on every one of them, man. We can gamble, just not on the games. You know? <laughs> no, I know. I, I didn't mean that. You know what I mean? But yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm assuming, Josh, I've never been, but I can only imagine having seen footage on TV or the internet uh, replays. I'm assuming the 50 50 at a Quebec Rompart games north of 10 grand. Well, no, because they're a chance at 1,000. They cap it at 1,000? They cap it at 1,000. There's no such thing. Oh, really? Yeah, it's a Quebec All right, so frig off, Quebec. Let's go to Halifax then. So Halifax with 8,000 people. Halifax, man, gets up to 20, sometimes 30. Well, you're you're taking a floater after that one. Oh, yeah. She's a, hey, (laughs) might not be milkman in the next day racket. (laughs) So really, it's so if if the Halifax, excuse me, if the Quebec Romparts, who are likely the most successful team in the province as far as at the gate, what did I say? They're playing 68 games, so 34 is half. They can only make $34,000 on their chance to win 1000 No, no. They can only give away 1000 They can make thirty. They can only give away 1000 Oh, I misunderstood you. Yeah, yeah. But that's that's horseshit. You're buying tickets on a chance. So 10,000 people buy, let's assume 10,000 people buy a $5 ticket. There's 50 grand. They're giving out of the They're grand. putting 49 in the pocket and handing me 1,000. Yeah. Is that like law? Legislated? That's what I was told when I was up there. Boys, that's all wrong. Okay, so by that same token, you were there a few weeks ago. Um, but no. What, what about a Montreal Canadiens Well, that's game? what I just said. Yeah. Uh, I'm assuming that had to be 70 grand. No, no, it was. Yeah, the take home was like 30 grand. All right, you got to pursue that. We're going to do this again. Yeah. yeah let you, me, you, you dive into that. Let me look at maybe my French. I didn't have my dictionary. Yeah, you, I was you, off a bit. You left your French English dictionary yeah. in Grey Rapids. Well, <laughs> with Reggie. <laughs> with Reggie. <laughs> All right, uh, so uh, you're you're back on the ice. You're feeling good. Uh, can we can we broach the subject of uh, your um, uh, injury? Yeah, no problem. All right, so let's uh, go through that. Uh, and you're not a lawyer, though, right? No, I'm not a lawyer. Oh, okay, okay. No. <clears throat> yeah, it was uh, it was a different uh, it was a different feeling. You want me to take you right back, or well, as, as much as you're comfortable with? Yeah, sure. So uh, you know, when you get injured and uh, kind of to the extent that I was, and then when it puts your life on hold a bit, you kind of, you learn a lot about yourself. And and I, I don't know, I'm a proponent of fate now. It's uh, weird because that night I was supposed, to, it was the night of my father's birthday and uh, stopped in, checked in t- with him. And uh, 
I was supposed to be bartender at the Blackful Days in uh, up home. So in the municipal park. In the yeah, in the park, they had okay. uh, a big band coming in, and I was going to help out and whatever. And then my buddy uh, Jesse, he calls me and he says, "Hey, Josh, just got hired to the show." To the NHL. To the NHL. He Shit. said, uh, you want to come down and, uh, you know, celebrate, have a drink with me? I said, hell yeah, got to go. So down to Moncton I go and we do the rib fest thing and, uh, you know, we, we go out and we're celebrating and uh, I go to leave. Uh, I'm a little bit older now, so I can't keep up with the young ones anymore. But mm-hmm. So I go to leave to go back to my hotel and I remember walking outside and uh, that's the last thing I remember. I tried to cross the road right there. Uh, downtown Moncton and uh, so we're on Main Street here. We're on Main Street. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, coming out of an establishment there and uh, tried to cross the road to go back to my hotel and uh, whammo, never made it. So uh, got knocked out. Woke up the next day, next morning in the hospital. Uh, and you, when you come to, you're like, holy shit, I'm in the hospital. You don't even know that this has occurred. You're like, are you that out of it? I, I know I was hit by a vehicle. Because just from the rolling me around and cutting off my clothes and and anyone that knows me knows I love my clothes. So that kind of probably brought me out when they were cutting off my clothes anyways. But uh, uh, yeah, I kind of know that I was hit by a vehicle. But uh, man, when you wake up and you don't really know where you are and what happened, uh, mixed emotions. Like, you know, I'm... I'm an emotional guy, but I'm not physically emotional, not a big crier or whatever, but man, one minute you're happy. Yeah. You're asking for a Big Mac because you're starving, and then the next minute you're crying when you're talking to your grandmother on the phone. Like it's, uh, when you're lucky to be alive, it's, uh, <laughs> it plays with the mind. So you really, as you reflect upon it now and uh, with positive outcome and you're, you're back on your feet, literally. Yeah. Um, sorry, I didn't mean that, but <laughs> that came out awful. Well, that was a good one. Though. I know, it came out awful yeah. quick. But, but you, <laughs> you do feel... Like you had a brush there? Oh, yeah. 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 It's, uh, yeah, it was, uh, you know, I think it's good that I can't remember the actual incident. And uh, Well, yeah. And as I sit here and listen to you and reflect upon it, your, your poor mother and father to get that call. What? Oh, man. They pile into the half ton uh, and blaze down the 126 well, what, or what? What happened was, is I, like I said, I left earlier that all my friends and my brother was actually in attendance. And uh, so they come outside and they see the lights go on the sirens and they're like, okay, something happened. And they're like, well, that guy got hit by a truck. They look over by, but at this time, there's a bunch of people around me and actually Hixie, he goes, well, I don't know who that lad is, but he's fucking dead. And they just kind of stroll away and leave. And uh, anyways, the Did next- he tap his puck on the bumper of a car on his <laughs> way in? So the next day- uh, So Hicks literally doesn't know this is you? Doesn't know it's me at this time. Holy doesn't shit. Doesn't know it's me. You just bid the boys farewell. Yeah, see you later. You know, had fun. I'm going back to the hotel. So anyways, they don't know it's me. The next morning, they call- uh, the, the hospital calls my parents at three in the morning. Oh, my God. Because uh, at some time during the whole thing, I had come to enough to give them my mother's cell phone number. Wow. Whatever. Yeah, exactly. You know how that works. And uh, anyways, um, so they call her, no answer, because mom and dad are, are at the Rogersville Festival celebrating my father's birthday. So, so they're, they're bluegrass and they're blue, the country one? No, the country one. Okay. The country one. So, so they got the trailer there having a good time. They're having a great time. Oh, having shit. a great time. So then they call again at seven in the morning. And eventually, and mom answers. Oh, they didn't get them at three. They never got them at three. They got them at seven. Wow. And they said, are you Mrs. McCormick? Yep. Uh, your son has been hit by a vehicle. He's alive. Get to the Moncton Hospital now. Oh That's all God. they told them. So, you know, they jump up. 
they ha- they have a blazing speed down the 126 and yeah mom calls my brother and goes Tyler uh, where's Josh he goes oh he's at the hotel he left early no he was hit by a truck last night he doesn't know yet he doesn't know yet he doesn't know <laughs> so he kind of goes holy shit that was Josh and then Hicks is his roommate so he roars out he roars Hicks Hicks he said Josh was the one that got hit by the truck last night and then anyways, the, it, it, it unfolded. So at this point quickly. in time, and look, Hicks is a heart and a sleeve kind of guy. I don't know him that well, but I yep. know enough to say that. Yep. He's feeling like shit by now. They're all feeling like pretty. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> so the boys rush over pretty quick. Uh, all the guys I was, you know, uh, Jesse comes over and all those guys. And, uh, you know, Hicks said he knew it was a good sign when he walked around. I could wiggle my toes. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I guess at that point, the, the worst is going through their head because the last time they seen a guy on the street, they thought he was dead. So away we go. Uh, but I remember, uh, I'll give you my side of it. Uh, I think I just, you had some somewhat humorous, if I may be so bold as to say, like I've had better nights out in Moncton or nothing says a night out in Moncton. Like it, you, I yeah, it was uh, things I don't recommend on the weekend. Things you don't, that, truck, that's yeah. exactly it. And to me, I interpreted that as someone backed into you in a parking lot or maybe someone, you know, was pulling out of a, a slot at the uh, Blackville uh, Municipal Park and, you know, someone doesn't see anything you get bumped by a car that's going a half a kilometer an hour no biggie uh but then i i, I further dove into the picture i'm like jesus that looks like a hospital and then you see the gown and the, the distinct look of a hospital room although i've never been in the moncton hospital i hope i never see it but um it had that yeah hospital look to it i'm like holy shit and i gotta say just off the hop the people at the moncton hospital were absolutely amazing uh you know i had actually uh, a couple of the nurses were from up and around here and and they were awesome but uh you know, I showed up and uh, it threw me 40 feet down the road. It, You're 40 uh, feet from impact to where you settled? To where I settled, yeah, down the road. Oh, uh, can I? I had a bracelet on my hand. Those are those marks there. It blew my bracelet off. I had a watch. Are we? Go ahead. I'm interrupting. Oh, no, it's okay. Well, I just, just, I just, I just what I want. I, the craziest thing, man. I'm I'm, hate, I'm hesitating here, but is this. No, full no, go holy, ahead. Or like, or, I'm not laughing if this comes out all wrong. Are you barrel rolling down the road here or God. are you sliding or. I think I slid because. Is I there any a, like grainy surveillance footage from some store? <laughs> no. Yeah, an ATM in the corner by the well, Delta. <laughs> I mean, it's got to be well cameraed on Main Street. Monday, well, you that's think. I would think, but I, I haven't found a f- footage. Probably uh, for the best. Probably for the best. But yeah, so from my, from my impact. All my injuries were on my right side. All my scrapes were on my left side. So they think that I slid down the road on the asphalt best I could, you know, luge style, I guess. Can I say this, though? And I mean, what, is this May? June? It's the end of June. End of June. So yeah. downtown Moncton on a Saturday night's bumping. And it was a rib fest that, that All right, was so there. So it, it was packed. Imagine you and I sitting there having a beer and then going, what was that? You know what I mean? Like you yeah. can't imagine that someone just went forty feet up the no, road on his or her side. Man, it the impact blew me out of my shoes. Yeah, I've often heard of that. That, like that really happens. Yeah, right? my they brought me my shoes. My shoes were laced. Lace is not broken. See, we say that blown like, out. Say, say you and I collide in hockey. Quinn near hit McCormick right out of his yeah. skates. I mean, we, we throw that shit out there, but it obviously comes from yeah. impact. Yeah, it's crazy. Like it's 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 nuts. And you man. and you're a bit of a clothes horse with the nice shoes. Like these were oh, your, uh, these were your Saturday night. Those shoes. Those were my Saturday night shoes. Saturday night jeans. I had a Lulu top. You know what I mean? Like it was a good night. You're balling. I was balling. <laughs> 
and then they start cutting me off. That's when they said I woke up in the hospital. Did you ever get the shoes back? Just as a t- oh, I got the shoes. Yeah, the the clothes are wrote off. So a kindly RCMP officer bagged them up and. <laughs> well, the paramedics, they I guess. In, they threw them into the ambulance. Yeah, well, they came with me. <laughs> well, these are all his. So take yeah. them out of here. <laughs> you, go get his shoes. But I still I'm haven't found it. my phone. My phone blew off me, my watch. Haven't found my watch. And that bracelet's long gone. I, I got pieces of my bracelet. Wow. So my mom actually bought me a new bracelet for Christmas. Thank as, you, Mom. Yeah, kind of a memento or whatever. So the jokes and the laughs aside, and I, I, sorry, that's just what we do. Yeah. Um, but you're back? I'm back. Any... Uh, Long term, you know, we have arthritis, or well, you are know, we what? waiting it's, for the surgery uh, or anything? Or I'm, yeah, I'm still in recovery. Like I'm back on the ice. Uh, when it first happened, <laughs> when it first happened, they told me all that's wrong is you might have some internal bleeding, so we're not going to let you eat for 24 hours. Couldn't eat or couldn't drink. Right. And this was after you know it was a long night. Couldn't eat. Couldn't. Well, anyway. you woke up looking for a Big Mac. Yeah, said. exactly. Exactly. So there was a little guy there. He was an intern nurse and he rolled me to one side. And then when he went to roll me to the other side, he put pressure on my knee and just boom, my calf went like 45 degrees to the right side and my knee dislocated. I'm did telling you, you, Patty, man. Did you I've, feel that? <laughs> I've been through a lot of pain. I've blocked a lot of shots in my life. Yeah. That was the worst pain of my life. Put me into and, a fever. And the, and the poor guy would feel like shit. He felt like shit. So he looked at me and I'm like, holy, like just yeah. screaming. And he just goes, bless his soul. He presses right down my knee and just goes pop and pops it right back into place. And I'm like, thank the Lord. Are you serious? Oh man. Just like that. He just looks at me. Why does it ghost? Boom. Pops it back into place. And I'm like, oh my God, you just ruined my life and saved my life there in about three seconds. All at once. <laughs> yeah. So after that, it threw me into a, a major fever and um, they put me they put me down they put me not down they put me under we got no knees left yeah, he's done yeah and then they uh, they took me up to the fifth floor that's where i woke up so. so now listen when you and i reconnected after that and let's assume you're home by this time or maybe a text maybe a message whatever i remember you saying that you were done for the year but you seem to have yeah well pr- uh, uh, gotten back on your skates quicker than Anyone would have anticipated yeah, at that and, time. Um, initi- I remember dropping you off of physiotherapy once upon a time, too. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, and I'll get to Courtney in a bit and her staff there. They've been amazing. But uh, here's my connection to that. You'll remember we rocked the buffet at Pizza Life. Yeah. I had to do the running. Yeah, that's true. That, <laughs> those were the good old days. Yeah. <laughs> Man, injury has some perks, I tell you. <laughs> Toronto Zoo, too. Anyways, we could go on forever. But uh, yeah, no, my f- initial, the, the surgeon walked in and he said, look, you're done for a year at least just get that through your head this was in june you will not skate until next september i said okay so you've already had the conversation i like to referee hockey games yeah yeah he because he's with the wildcats so he kind of knew who i was oh my god are you serious yeah wow uh, yeah man the hockey world uh it's it's funny how your worlds will collide eh? it's tight knit man and um so anyway so do you still see him now if you're doing a game in the avenir center well i still go to him because we're still still in the recovery but yeah i do see yeah i've seen him uh, a foresight dr foresight he was awesome, uh, is awesome. Are we are we at the French or English here? We're at Moncton City? We're at Moncton City. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, he, yeah, he said, you're done for a year. So, uh, he gave me the option to operate uh, for two of my three ligaments because I tore three of the four. Uh, he told, And anyways, I, neglect, I said, no. I said, I'm going to let it heal. And that's what he kind of... They don't tell you what to do, but then when you make a decision, they tell you kind of it was the right one. <laughs> right. So he told me that's what he would have done as well. So I was like, good. So we let that heal and uh, worked with Courtney and her team at River Rehab. They were just top notch. And uh, they took me from 
needing two surgeries down to none. I currently sit at no surgeries just through rehab. And, uh, you know, I'm very humble, but I put in a lot of hard work too. And I got to tap myself on the back a little bit there too. And, uh, and it was, it was a, (laughs) it was a long haul, man, but, uh, but it's still ongoing, but it's, it's fun. You learn about yourself. When you wake up and you're alive, you kind of can chuckle about a lot of things. But <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it was an uh, experience that's ongoing. And, you know, anyone. You wouldn't that, recommend it. I, phew, man. No. There's easier ways to get some time off work, I can tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we'll, we'll, we'll wrap it up here because we're getting short on time. Let's, let's agree to do this. Can we do this again sometime? Oh, I love it, man. This is fun. All right. So, and, and real quickly here, or, or maybe we'll leave it at this. But the next step is is pro. Is is that in the uh, in in the sights here, so to speak? You know what? That's another. <laughs> That's another whole conversation. Well, no, it's just I had mentioned fate and the night that put me there, and I had I had a really good season the last year, the yes. kind of last year and a half. I've, well, and knowing you as a friend, and uh, yeah. you know, covering you uh, with my day to day job, you, were, you that was the year you had done the World Juniors. We were pumping your tires. Excuse me, the World Junior A. Yep, we were pumping your tires, Truro. True. And then you were at UMB, uh, so you're pumping your tires. Yeah, I had come. I did the Allen Cup late right. in the spring, and right. I did the gold medal game. So and you're on an upward trajectory. I'm on an upward. And I went to the CIS, had a really good tournament, uh, worked the bronze medal game there. and uh, Which, again, you have to work your way into that. Work your way into that, and I connected with a Hockey Canada guy. Anyways, uh, without naming names, but... Uh, Coming into this season, there was a sniff at like a NHL combine camp. There was a sniff at some East Coast hockey, See. and then boom, hit by a truck. See. You know what I mean? So <laughs> even even the chance to get the invite, yeah, you know, to be there is in and of itself awesome. Awesome, yeah. Uh, and look at oh, I don't even want to say this because you're liable to. Is that knee? Can that knee reach me or <laughs> the, the good one? Can. Um, you know, here's the East Coast Hockey League making its uh, first foray into Atlantic Canada with the yep. Newfoundland Growlers. Is it? Portland, Maine has a team now, so it's right there. Oh, it's there. I don't want to. Sorry, I'm. No, no, and and you know, but you know what? Uh, like I said, you learn a lot about yourself and uh, how tough you are, man. I, if you were to ask me my top five traits, I would never, don't think I'd put resilient in there, but uh, that's definitely one of them for now. For for now, on. Okay, well, I don't want to tug in your heartstrings. I'm a I'm a heart on the sleeve kind of guy too here, but you know, y- you find out, and, and I'm not suggesting I'm one of them. But you find out who's who in those moments, too. Oh, big time. You know what I mean? I always love my family, and we have a huge family up there. Dad has 12 brothers and sisters, but boy, did Jesus, I... Jesus, really? Yeah. <laughs> the old roast of beef didn't last long there. No, no, Man, no, no. You were two, two minutes late for supper, yeah, you were in trouble. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I was away for... Anyways, I really got to appreciate what my family does for me when I was... When I was hurt, like, you know, I would have some aunts and uncles that I would see at major family events, potlucks and stuff like that, if you will. The second I got hurt, man, like they were down that day. Sure. They dropped everything. They drove two hours. Right. Just to, just to say hi and I love you and uh, see you later. You know what I mean? Like that stuff means the world to me. And I never, I never stopped to appreciate those things until you're in a moment where you, where you need it, you know, and, uh. That's what's great about this craft hockeyville that's going on up home right now. Thank you. And uh, as a community, we had a rough year, you know. Terrible uh, year. It was. Just a terrible year. It, it sucked. You know, a terrible year for the community. Had this conversation with, help me out, is it Sherry Dunn? 
Yep. Okay. So I had this conversation with her, you know, for the community, for the families affected. But you know what? And Sherry uh, reminded me of it. Like, what a year for first responders, too. Yeah. You know, they, they saw a lot. Oh, but a lot of sure. tragedy and a lot of a tragedy in a short amount of time and younger folks involved, which has got to be hard, as I can only imagine. Yeah. I just get the chills uh, thinking of it. And, and you know what? You look into the folks at uh, the hospital where uh, the tragedy ended. Um, they saw a lot. Uh, so it, it's... Yes, it was a terrible year. And yes, it was a terrible year for your community. But uh, it, it kind of, it's funny. It's not funny. It's interesting how it's an all-encompassing thing. Um, I don't know that I've ever felt more connected to Black Film Renews than I do right now, yep. if that makes any sense. No, for sure. Yeah, and I don't want to overstate that because I have no, uh, no, no family or anything up there. Um, but you, you feel connected yeah, through... Through the good times and the bad yeah. times, it's funny how it all kind of works. So, you know what? And, and sports is um, sports is, can be a divisive thing, you know, because, you know, say I'm playing for Chatham and we're playing Josh's team or Blackville. I want to beat you. Yeah, you want to sure. beat me. But in these moments, it's about the people and it's about being, you know what? I'm, I'm going to come back. Maybe I'm all wrong, but I think that river is the thing. We're river people. Oh, big time. And I think we understand what it is to be a river person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're connected somehow, some way yeah, by the, the, the mighty ebbs and flows of the mighty Miramichi Up River. Up river, down river, sure. across the bridge. It North, south, matter. east, yeah, west. it doesn't matter, man. No. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's amazing how much love and joy and hope can come from a little community that had such tragedy. You know, my friends, <laughs> yeah, they're funny guys, but they, they say, man, 20, 2018 was your new year, 2019, good year. Good year, 2019. Yeah. So that's kind of where I'm at with the uh, with the community too. Like, hey, 2018, we got our ass kicked a bit, but guess sure. what? Guess what? We're gonna we're gonna bounce back here. Well, the 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 sun rose uh, the following day, and the sun continues to rise each and every day, and uh, you just find a way to get through it. Yeah, no, and, and sure. you get through it together. Oh, big time. We'll end right there. But one final question: When you're coming out of your 24 hour to 48 blackout period where you couldn't eat, what was the go to? And I apologize for asking that question, but I like to eat and. I'm curious. Well, and, and don't tell me the sandwich from the hospital, the, the one that you were when you were cut loose and allowed to eat. Oh, out of the hospital. Okay, well, what they bring in the hospital? Well, I was a pudding guy in the hospital, Jello pudding. Twenty-four hours of nothing, and they bring you Jello pudding. Yeah, man. Oh, see, it's better better I'm, than ice chips. <laughs> yeah, well, anything would be better than ice chips. All right, all right, you win that one. I'll give you that but one. But you know what? When I I was in the hospital for five days, when I came out, uh, my mom made me a cucumber sandwich. Hadn't had a cucumber sandwich, man, in a decade. That was my... Is, well, is mom toasting this? Oh, yes. Okay. Mayo. Are we using mayo or... Hang on. Are we using a mayo or are we using a Miracle Whip on this? Miracle Whip. Salt and pepper to taste? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm a pepper guy, but yeah. Okay. Not a big salt guy, but pepper for sure. It was good, man. So cucumber sandwich was, Cuc the, was the go-to. I don't know. I don't I don't get cravings a lot, like, uh, like those kind of cravings that I haven't had something in a decade. I mean, I like to slice pizza every once in a while, but... A 40-foot barrel roll... Westbound on Main Street has re-inspired your love of the almighty cucumber. Cucumber. It's the miracle food of 2019. <laughs> All right. We'll end right there. Thanks so much for stopping by and uh, I promise to do so again. Oh, yeah, for sure.